may take our seats, worship team. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Uh, are there any people worshiping with us for the very first time? Anyone worshiping with us for the very first time? Just slip up your hand so we can see where you are. Okay. Um, thank you. And there are others whom we haven't seen for quite a while. Welcome back. Welcome, Brother Duncan, welcome back. We've missed you. <laughs> but it's good to have you in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, God has been good. Uh, thank you for all your support. I feel much better. I feel much better. Maybe not as strong, but I feel very, very much better. Thank you for your calling, your text messaging, your visits. I appreciate them. Um, that's what it is all about to be in God's family. Amen? Yeah. Oh, Brother Mike, welcome back. I haven't seen you in a while, too. Welcome back. Today, we are going to look at something that um, I've been thinking about for quite a while and uh, just got to studying and then the Lord just said, yeah, we need to share this. So today, if you're looking for a topic, let the anointing flow. Amen. Let the anointing flow. The other week when Pastor Mamadi came and he taught us about how we need to have the people who help us to recharge before the Lord, the company of believers and how that strengthens us, how that encourages us. And he was he took that from the from the incident where Paul was stoned and left for dead, but the Bible says the brothers came around and surrounded him and, and he got up. And basically picked up from where he left off. We need people like that, amen. We need people to to to, to say, get up, let's let's keep going. There's there's light at the end of the tunnel in Christ Jesus. And so as we've been thinking about this month, talking about the fresh anointing, I I I, I was thinking about what what is it that that is about this anointing? Uh, if it's flowing, where is it flowing from? What does that mean for us? Day-to-day living. What does that mean? So I want us today to, to learn from how to learn about how we can keep the anointing flowing in our lives. Because sometimes I think this whole this we use this um, what someone called Christianese. You know what Christianese is? When you're talking to somebody and say, How are you? Oh, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I mean, it, do you really stop to think about what that means? What does that mean to somebody who is new in the faith or somebody who does not know the Lord? Washed in the blood of Jesus? These people are cannibals. You know, so I just want us to break down this thing called the anointing. What is it and what does it mean in our lives? What should it mean in life? Some of you think the anointing is only for the servants of God, the men of God. You don't think it has something to do with you where you live every other day. But scripture is teaching us differently this morning. And I thought, what, let's just break these things down to things that are simple. Things that mean something to our lives. And when you break things down to that level, your walk of faith becomes something that is full of joy. So I'm going to debunk a huge myth today about the anointing being only for certain people. Because that's not what the Lord is, 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 is teaching us from scripture. And um, I'm hoping that we'll also take more time to pray. Amen? I'm hoping that we'll also take more time to pray. 
So what is the anointing? This anointing that we want to flow. We are saying let the anointing flow. What is the anointing? If I asked you what is the anointing, we'll have as varied responses probably as there are many people in this room. But I found something which was very interesting um, on, the, on the issue of the anointing, the topic of anointing. They talk about the origin of the anointing. What does it mean to be anointed? The origin of anointing was from the practice of shepherds. I didn't know that. It was something that shepherds did. Lice and other insects would often get into the wool of the sheep. And when they got near the sheep's head, they could burrow into the sheep's ears and kill them. Small insects. So what the ancient shepherds did was they would take oil and pour it on the head of the sheep. Okay, you're getting the picture? This made the wool very slippery, making it impossible for the insects to get near the sheep's ears because the insects would just slide off because of the oil. All right? So from this, anointing became symbolic of blessing. It became symbolic for protection. It became symbolic for empowerment. If you have ever had an insect in your ear, you know how irritating it is, but it's also just as deadly because once that gets inside of your head, you're gone. Or there will be complications. In the Greek, the word anoint means to smear or to rub with oil. And by implication, you are consecrating for office or a religious service to smear or to rub with oil. Literally, kuzola mafuta. I don't know how, how clear else, how clear I can make it beyond that. But that's what anoint to anoint means. And it stood for anointing into an office like David being anointed to be king. Okay? That's, that's what the anointing is. There was someone will be anointed to be a prophet and so on and so forth. So to anoint, in Bible times, we find all, all different kinds of people being anointed and there are scriptures which I will not go into. But a person was anointed for a special purpose, to be a king, to be a prophet, to be a builder. When you think of Moses building the tabernacle, he anointed Oholiab and the others to build the, the tabernacle of the Lord. The skill you have can be anointed of God for excellence. All right? You, have you never seen people slash grass somewhere in town? Or they come to your home and say, oh, I can slash, or we can mow this lawn, and you pay them something like 15000 if I remember the last time. But the same person slashing the grass elsewhere, let's say at a hotel, it's a totally different um, price that they will, be, they will charge. Why? Because of the skill. I've seen people cut a shrub into shapes you would never think possible. They will not get paid the same way as the guy whom you, you ask to cut the shrubs at your home. Skill can be anointed. So, there's nothing wrong with anointing a person today. Nothing wrong with anointing a person with oil in these days. We just have to make sure that the purpose of the anointing is in agreement with scripture. Amen? We just have to make sure that the purpose of anointing is in agreement with scripture. Anointing should not be viewed as a magic portion or a cure-all. 
Sometimes we, 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 we hide behind these Christian terms, these Christianese, just, just because we, we don't want to face um, issues that need to be faced. I saw a clip yesterday of a young man who did a who, who did dramatization. He says, you know, when, when, when people, when Christians don't want to buy a car from you, they will tell you something like, uh, uh, this car, look, just say, uh, this is not the car I was looking for. End it there. And he goes on and says, you know, even my wife, when she was praying, this is not the kind of, of anointing that she was praying for. Because she was praying for a car that would really bless us. Dude, tell them you want a 4x4. Four four. It's okay. So let's not hide behind these things to, to, to mask what we really want. Oh, I'm thinking of something here. I don't know why or who it will help. But when I went to, to ask my wife out, I didn't tell her the Lord had, has shown me. Although I had already dealt with that. Okay? I didn't. I simply went there and I, and I declared my interest for her. Uh, fast forward, I was asking her, I said, so what if I had come and I had said, you know, God had shown me. In short, let me just say it would have been a disaster. So don't hide behind God has shown me and tell the woman you want her. Amen? It's okay. I want to debunk all these terminologies that we use to hide behind things that are supposed to be faced and dealt with. How are you, brother? Oh, I am good. The healing of the Lord is... Is, is real and you caught all this good. Tell the guy, do, I'm sick but I'm trusting God for healing. God is, is going to heal me because that's what scripture says. You understand? So let's debunk this anointing. Anointing is for everybody as we shall see. As long as you're one who is in Christ. Another meaning for the word of anoint, the word anoint is to be chosen. You're the chosen one. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit to spread the good news and free those who had been held captive by sin. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. You can also look at Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19. After Christ left the earth, he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. John 14 verse 16. Now all Christians are anointed, chosen for a specific purpose. Aren't we the ones who sing, we are a chosen Jenna? That means you have been anointed. You have been set apart for a specific purpose. Hallelujah. We thank God for that. So now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21 to 22. So anointing is for everybody in this dispensation. In the Old Testament, it was for specific people for specific tasks. But in the New Testament, after Christ rose up from the dead, he sent the Holy Spirit, which was dispensed at, the, at, at, at uh, Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 2. And later on to the, to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. It's for everybody. So, what is the anointing? In my view, the anointing refers to the manifest presence of God through the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
you might want to um, study that later on. But this is what the Lord Jesus Christ taught in the scriptures we're going to look at today. John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. That's our key scripture today. John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. This was at a feast. And Jesus has been saying some things that have been angering the Jews. They have been really being ticked off with just about every other statement he makes that equates him to God. The last time, at this very feast, he had just said he's the bread of life. And that the Jews are really angry with him. He's upsetting their status quo. But it doesn't seem to be getting any better because we find that the status is no longer core, somebody say. So in verse 37, on the last day of his feast, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. That's you and me. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. That's why I'm saying the anointing is the manifest presence of God through the Holy Spirit in us. And Jesus meant it for you and me because we believe in him right now. Hallelujah. So when we say your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that's what it's all about. That's why we can't do certain things that are okay for, for other people to do. That's why we can't say other things that are okay for other people to say. That's why we can't do certain things the way other people do the very same things. Or this one, uh, what we'll do is don't go into town and buy it from the shop where this thing. We'll just go to that other place. They know how to take it from the main shop. And you have to say, no, it's all right. I'll go to the main shop. Because you know there's corruption happening here. Amen? See, we can't be living a life of duplicity and then turn around and begin to criticize those in public office and say you are corrupt when we are doing the very same things. We have to switch. Amen? So because I'm doing my project, it's okay for me to buy from the one who has clearly stolen. It's not right. Uh, for those of you who were here for prayer yesterday, uh, we looked at Psalm 15, and you know the story. So with this scripture, these scriptures, let's look at what it takes to keep the anointing flowing in our lives. We'll break down that verse. First and foremost, let's look at the thirst in verse 37. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts. The truth is that everyone has a thirst. There comes a point in time when you feel a hunger for someone. It, we think it is something, but really it is someone. And 
people do all sorts of things to fill that hunger with some things or someone. And we discover that even the someone does not fill the hunger that God has put in there, which is Jesus' size. Only Jesus can fill that hunger. I love my wife very much. Um, but there are some things not even she can fulfill in my life. Only Jesus fits that bill. And the same for me with her. There are times she has come to that realization where you say, you know, there are some things only Jesus will fulfill. Only Jesus will satisfy. It won't be with wrong relationships. It won't be with drugs. It won't be with addictions of any other kind. I know people who are living just to get as many likes as they can on TikTok. That makes them feel satisfied. Trouble is, after a while, that satisfaction goes. And they have to find, to find something more outrageous to do to get more likes. So people address you and say, Hi, my name is so-so. I've got so many thousands of followers or millions of followers on this platform. And they have to keep going because it's an addiction that can, they, they can't fulfill. It cannot satisfy. So we've got all this thirst. Even as children of God, we reach a point where you say, I, I need God more. I, I want him more. I don't know about you, but I get to those places, those times, where I just want God to fill me anew, to recharge me. It's only Jesus' signs. No one else fits. I remember watching a movie when I was young, and I'll not even tell you the name of the movie. You'll see how old I am. But this young man, okay, it was Rocky, okay? So he was, to, he was talking to, to, to his wife, and he says, you know, I, I need you because we fill each other's gaps. That was a very interesting statement. He says, we fill each other's gaps. So I've got, I've got a gap which she fits in. I fit in. I've got a gap where you fit in and I fit in. But there's a gap that is Jesus' size that only Jesus can fill. And if you haven't filled that gap, you'll always be hungry. Always. You'll always be thirsty. Until that one is filled. I'm trying not to exert myself too much, but it's happening. <laughs> okay, here's the good news. When you are thirsty for God, when you hunger after his righteousness, he will fill you up. He will fill you up. God is good. He knows how to, f to take care of us. Life happens when we reach times when we feel like, how do I go on? But when you turn to God, he sorts you out. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. I'm trying hard to teach and not preach. <laughs> Whatever comes out, it's alright. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's what Jesus said. Every time you feel a hunger, a thirst for Jesus, you go to him. He will fill you. Have you ever been sent by somebody and they tell you, go to such, such a place 
and you shall find this. And you actually go to the place and you find the this that they, they said you were going to find. This is what Jesus is saying. As long as you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. If you seek God, he is going to be found. Scripture tells us over and over and over again. So for us to keep the anointing flowing in our lives, the first thing we need to know, to acknowledge, is that we have a thirst, we have a hunger for God. That sustains us. The second one is the decision. Verse 37 of, of John chapter 7. Um, there needs to be a decision that needs to be made by the child of God. It says, if anyone comes, if anyone thirsts, let him come. Let him come. Let him come. Now, here's the thing about God. He will not force you to come to him. He will always invite you. He will not force you. What did he do with Moses? Moses was busy running away from the law, fugitive, and uh, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. And then God wants Moses. God doesn't say, Moses, I'll make you sick, then I'll come and talk to you. Uh-uh. What God does is burning bush. Now, trust me, if you see a bush that is burning, but it's not being consumed, you will take notice. What kind of bush is this? It was like God was inviting Moses to say, I, I, I need to speak with you. So he sends an invitation. Invitation, burning bush. God will never force you to come to him. He will present himself, you take notice and go to him. He wants you to come on your own accord, not forced. Because the truth is, it is great to be wanted. It is great to be needed. God wants you to want him. If he could, he would have made us all like robots. And every time he says, come, we go there without batting an eyelid, without thinking about what schedules we have. We'll, we'll just go. But God gave us a free will because he wants us to want him. It is hard when a person is forced on you to work with. Especially somebody you don't like. You are in this team. And these are your team members. Have you ever been in a situation like that? And there are people you do not like in that team. But that's who you've got to work with. It's hard. But when you're working with some people, with people who want you to be there. When you are relating with people you want to relate with. It's nice. Maybe it's just me. I'm, maybe I'm too mushy. I don't know. But I like being needed. Being wanted. I like it. I like it. There was a day we were in a shop and uh, we, we had been through hard times. But on this particular day, I had some nice earnings. So I told my wife, we are going to go into this shop. You can spend up to so much. So we went into the shop, all of us. And, uh, and we bought things and the trolley was full. And, and our youngest said, Dad, it's been a long time since we bought so much. It's good to have money. Thank you, Dad. 
I felt good. At that point, you could have criticized me for all the sermons I've done. I wouldn't have cared. Because this young one is, he wants me. He's saying, dad, it's good to have money and you made this happen. I love being with my family. (laughs) Because sometimes you feel like an ATM machine. That airtime is out. Uh, So-and-so came, they needed this. And you have just come from from the day's work. Masambata. Look, I've just come, you're telling me Masambata. You feel like, "Ah, am am I good for anything else? And all the men in the house say, But sometimes it's good just to be told, just to be shown you are wanted. Trust me, you you tell that a man every day before he leaves, he will conquer the world. Give him seven Goliaths, he will hit them all. Because he knows he's wanted somewhere. God wants us to come to him. We have to decide to go to Jesus. You are thirsty? Make a decision to go to Jesus. Strange thing is that people know where they are loved. eh? People know. You can talk to them tough things, but as long as they know they are loved, they are okay. Or is it just me? Amen. You you want to be wanted. No matter how tough they may speak at you, things that are hard. I'll tell you something. There are times I don't like Pastor McDuff very much. Because he says things that, you know, those things that God, you go, ouch. You know? But I say to myself, better are they better is the correction that comes from the enemy, from the friend than the kisses of an enemy. Because you know, here I am wanted. Here I am loved. There was a time we just started pastoring. <laughs> I don't know if he remembers. My wife and I went to his home and, and I complained. I said, you know, KICC. The people in KICC. You weren't there. It wasn't about you. <laughs> I said... <laughs> And I complained, and I complained, and I, it was nothing but complaints. You were in Area 47. I don't know if you remember that day. And I complained, and I complained, and I finished my complaint. And he said, have you finished? I said, yes. He said, welcome to ministry. And then he turned, he started talking to my wife. I thought, this man. But sometimes you need to hear those hard things. We need to speak the truth to each other in love. It will help us. But you need to make a decision to go to the place where you're going to get it all. Nothing hidden. You need to make a decision. We need to make a decision when the thirst come in our lives. When life is hard and you need the strength from the Lord. You need to make a decision to go to God because he will not come to you if you are not willing to go to him. What does the Bible say? Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Who starts the drawing? You do. So make that decision. God will not force it on you. He wants you to want him. It is easier to, walk with, to work with people who want 
you there are some people you will make as many appointments you can they are, will come back to you or will pencil that in will come back to you i'll write you an email with all the details but they never did so two years down the line this is a true story two years down the line we were conducting this workshop and they said wow we wish we had done this sooner so like two years we've been chasing you what was the difference this time they wanted this time they wanted and it makes all the difference psalm 32 from verse 8 we we'll read up to verse 9 the bible says now remember psalm 32 there was a, there was a, there was a preaching that i did some years back uh, the blessing of being forgiven so david has told us about how he goofed how he fared under sin and what God did to bring him back. And then, uh, he, he begins to give an instruction. In, one of, in, in Psalm 32, which is a companion psalm to, chap, to Psalm 51, he talks about what God spoke to him during that time. The time when he was hiding the, 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 the sin with Bathsheba, that scandal from State House, you remember. That time, he says God spoke to him something, which is captured in verse 8 and 9. He says... God said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. This is God telling David after he had uh, confessed his sin and repented. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding. Have, have you seen a horse or a mule or ox, for example, pulling a cart? They are not thinking about anything profound, no matter how they look. Trust me. They are just waiting, or will be pulled this way, or will be whipped on this side, then will turn this way. It's, it's as basic as that. That's the thinking that's going on. Perhaps with, when am I going to graze again? They have no understanding. This is, these ones must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. On their own, they will not come near you. So God says, don't be like that. Make a decision to go to God. Because God will guide you with his eye upon you. He will guide you with his eye. He will instruct you in the way that you should go. I have a friend. He heads an institution in Blanter. And he was thinking, um, how do we get... With online learning, they had about 30, is it 37 students that do not have uh, laptops, really needy students. And he was thinking, God, how do, we, how do we solve this one? And he had thought this way and that brainstorm, and then he went to bed, and the following morning he woke up and says, God, how do I do? And the Lord gave him an idea. He says, why don't you start a Twitter campaign? And he started a Twitter campaign. And somebody in, the, in Scotland picked it up. And they contacted him and said, how many have you raised? I don't know, I think they had raised, a, I think they had raised 37, but there was about a, a bigger number. That, and, and those guys raised money in Scotland and they sent it. They said, look, go. Those, those, those students need to be learning. This is very important. An idea from God. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. Now, if God is concerned with somebody at the College of Medicine having a laptop, what more with what you need? 
And I can bet you not all of those are Christians. What more with you? But you need to make a decision to come before God to be guided. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 and 29. Jesus underscores this point again. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Come to me. The invitation has been given. You need to decide to go. Now the people who are being invited, they are laboring and they are heavy laden. Now, um, I'm looking for a pickup. Maybe a pickup like that carries half a ton. That's the load it's designed for. But when you begin to carry more than half a ton, that's heavy laden. You're loading too much, more than it can take. So the people that Jesus Christ is inviting to come to him are heavy laden. And they are laboring. Now, laboring is not the same as being on staff. Those, those are two different. The way you pay laborers and the way you pay your staff are very different. Laborers, at best, minimum wage. Maybe less sometimes. And Jesus says, come. Number one, if you are thirsty, if you are laboring, if you are heavy laden, if you are being oppressed, acknowledge it. Number two, make a decision and go to Jesus. He is waiting. Because when you read the rest of that verse, it says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You know, sometimes, sometimes I get home and I say, don't tell me anything. Greet me. And then let me be. Usually I'll retire to the bedroom. When I come home, I go straight to the bedroom. 30 minutes of just recharging, resting, of not being told, so there's this bill. You, you just want that time. You want, you want peace. There are days I've come, I've come from wherever and I say, I am getting full control of the remote control. So don't tell me, can we watch X, Y, Z? I am watching what I want. It cools me down. <laughs> if it's just me, it's okay. Uh, you, you are too holy for that. But there, there are those times. Jesus is saying, just come. I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest for the next journey that you need to take. So, when you're thirsty, acknowledge it. Acknowledge you have an addiction which needs help, you need help with. Acknowledge that you need help with something in your business. Acknowledge the need. Acknowledge that you are thirsty for God. Make a decision to go to God. Because you cannot go elsewhere. The third one, John chapter 7 verse 37, is is uh, I'll read it again. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. By the way, if anyone thirsts, sounds like whosoever believes in him. So the door is open. It's not just for believers. It's also for those who do not yet know Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. They'll find salvation. 
you will find more strength to keep going. But from what I've read, Jesus says, come to me, the source. Come to me. Now here I will step on some toes, but I don't mind because we need to correct some things, all right? Jesus says, come to me. Let me tell you a story. A tourist was walking through a village that was not even on the map when he met an old man sitting on the roadside. Sir, he asked, were there any great people born in this village? The old man spit out his tobacco. No, just babies, was his reply. Sometimes the things we need to hear are so simple that we miss them. He says, no great men were born in this village, just babies. When we see great people, we think they were born that way. Uh-uh, things happen. And they became great. Jesus says something that I thought was so profound, but because of its simplicity, we miss it. Tucked away in plain sight is this scripture. Come to me. He dares us to come to him. Come to me. Many times we run to many different things looking for answers when Christ is not there. We run to places where we are not going to him. We run to people where we are not going to Christ. Christ is not there and we think that is the answer. But Jesus says, come to me. I am the source of this anointing that you need. I am the source of this strength that you need. I am the source of this wisdom that you need. I am the source of this salvation that you need. I am the source of this hope that you need. I am the source for your marriage to get back on track. Come to me. So we are running everywhere else and wondering why we keep going around in circles. Why we are spinning our tires in the same place. Something that we should all know about. Remember the last rainy season? The truck would spin tires in the same place. When you don't go to Jesus Christ, you spin your tires in the same place. And trust me, if you ask the children of Israel, they spun their tires in the same place for 40 years because they did not go to him in faith. For you to keep the anointing flowing, you have to go to Jesus. I can't make it any more plain than that. People, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. You have to go to Jesus. You have to go to Jesus. You have to go to Jesus. Did I mention you have to go to Jesus? Not the servant of the Lord who is displaying, is not displaying Jesus Christ in his life. You know, because there are people like that. They wear the title of man of God. But Zayesus Najogamogarika. The fear of God left. That's not where you're going to go. If you're not going to go to a servant of God, go to the one who is in touch, who is on speaking terms with God at that moment when you're going. Like the young prophet who was sent on an assignment, he went 
he did his assignment. On his way back, he listened to a prophet who was being disobedient to God. And he died for it. These things happen. Just because there is a name, we run there. I would rather you run to a name where Jesus is. Amen? Go to the mature lady who walks and exudes Jesus Christ for counsel. Listen to the songs that take you to Jesus. Amen? Yeah, because even, unfortunately, even gospel music, not all the songs really should be called gospel music. And songs are powerful. A song that you listened to years ago, you still remember it today. That's how powerful songs are. They influence your thinking. A brother shared a song with me, and it's, it's a song that the more I thought about what this young man was singing in there, the more I thought about it, then it took me back to when I'd just known the Lord, the zeal I had and everything. And I'm saying, oh my goodness, I need to go back to that place. The hide from which I had fallen. And since that song, things have happened in my life. And I'm, I'm going back to the Lord even more. I'm thinking, okay, I need to be with you a lot more. Watch the programs that take you to Jesus. Because if you keep watching a bunch of adults living an artificial life together for three months, and that's entertainment, I can assure you there's no Jesus there. You know what I'm talking about. There's no Jesus there. You're wasting your time. I know these are issues of personal preference, but I'm just saying my determination is it's a waste of time. It's an artificial environment. It's not real. It's just blah for me. Read quotes and memes that take you to Jesus. Because for some people, memes are like the truth, eh? Have you seen them? The way people talk about, oh, then I saw this on social status, and this happened, and I saw it. And these are, these are working people. There's a guy who works somewhere. I will, not, I will not mention. He works somewhere, but I wonder, when does he do work? Because you have like 20-something memes on his status in a day. When does he work? Come to me. Come to me. One day I was reading Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then it dawned on me that we don't eat on behalf of each other, do we? Oh, I went to a workshop, there was this nice buffet, and I ate and I ate, and some of it, because I know how my son loves hamburgers, I ate it on his behalf, he will benefit. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. The best I can do is ask for a, for a pack to take so that he's going to eat on his own. And say, son, I went to this place and I know how much you like this and I got this for you. You have to do the eating on your own. 
any other food that comes is icing on the cake. It will buttress what God is teaching you. I'm not saying we don't need preachers and, and teachers and pastors. We'll be out of business. But I'm just saying, God's expectation is that you have to eat from him directly. The words that come out of the mouth of God are for you. We will teach you how to do that. We will buttress and show you the way. But you have to do the eating. You go to him. It was as if that time God was saying, you cannot grow on second-hand food. You, can't. you are not a bird. There are some birds which will catch fish, then they'll swallow them in a, in a certain way, and then they'll fly to the nest, regurgitate them, and give to the, to the, to the chicks. We need to eat straight from God's hand on a personal level. And then the teaching and the preaching comes in to say, yeah, yeah, no, take that off, add that on. This is the way, this is wrong teaching. Because we have to give an account for your source as far as the Bible is concerned. And what we teach here are things that God is speaking to us. (laughs) And we have to correct those things that are not right among us. You need to go to Jesus. Don't go anywhere else because Jesus Christ is the source. Don't live a second-hand Christianity where your Christianity is only thriving for as long as you listen to the preachings in church. You're on shaky ground. You're on dangerous ground. You should thrive as a Christian because you are connected to the source. You hear what I'm saying? The lockdown has shown us a lot of things. There are some people who are not showing up in church, not because of the lockdown. It's just a good excuse. They were disconnected long ago from God's people. But what we are saying is, stay connected to God. And in saying this, I'm not in any way judging those who stayed home. We respect that decision. But while home, make sure you're still connected to the source. Don't live your life as a second-hand Christian. You're growing because of a second-hand type of word of God coming to you. It's like, let me tell you a true story happened in college. This really happened. This really happened. And for those of you who are not married, take note. This story happened. So two brothers are talking to each other. And in their talking, they say, I, you know, but I've been thinking of sister so-and-so. <laughs> Pastor remembers that story. I've been thinking of sister so-and-so. So brother A sends brother B to go to talk to sister so-and-so that he is interested in her. So brother B, being very obedient and loves his brother, goes to sister so-and-so And while there, he realizes, hey, not bad. (laughs) And things change. Now he's married to that sister. If you are interested, go on your own. That's the moral of the story. If you are thirsty, (laughs) if you are thirsty, please go to Jesus on 
your own. Ena ujera ni masuku vamutu. Oh, that story. It happened, Cindy. It happened. <laughs> There's two friends. They ended up being friends again. Yeah, because it was like, ah, mandi pumits are man. So. Uh, so go to the source. We miss it. And Baba, I don't know why. Indi chedu Baba. We miss it. Many times in life, we are busy dealing with the cobwebs and not dealing with the spider that's putting the cobwebs there in our lives. Somebody sang, Chimene tinga jite ababa, timpeze mage gangai. Tukangompeza yeyo. You remember that song? He was saying, let's go to the source of all these termites. Because we can do all the treating of the building for all we can. But unless we get to the source of these termites, we're still in trouble. Go to Jesus, the source. That's what we are saying. And then the action. The fourth point is at the action. Verse 37. Jesus says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. <laughs> but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would believe for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, so um, on the fourth point, we're looking at the action. You need to do an action. You are thirsty. You make a decision to go to Jesus who is the source But now when you are there, what do you do? You drink. You drink of the rivers of water. Rivers of life, rather. Now, what is to drink? Anyone want to define for us what drinking is? We don't think about it. But what is to drink? I'm drinking water. What are you doing? To internalize. Uh Uh-huh. Come on, class. Let's give those words. Internalize. Did you drink tea this morning? Okay, so what was that action of drinking? How do you define it? It's amazing what the dictionary does. It says, it is to take a liquid and swallow it. liquid, hopefully the right kind of liquid, and swallow it. That's what you do when you go to Jesus. It is to imbibe, to consume, to absorb, to soak up. Literally, you are just a sponge soaking up the words that come from the Lord. You decide to take a liquid and swallow it again and again and again and again. That is how you keep the anointing flowing. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit. They are life. 
life. John chapter 6 verse 63. And he also said somewhere, John chapter 15 I believe, without me you can do nothing. Verse 5. So we have a friend with benefits. Hello? Turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And we will read verse, from verse 21. When you go to Jesus Christ, drink up what he tells you. Amen? Drink up his words. And out of him will flow the rivers of, of life into your life. And because you can't keep all the, the waters of life into, in your life, they will overflow. To other people. And people say, You keep before the Lord, you'll be a blessing to others. I've told you before, it's like Lake Malawi. It gets all the water and it takes it out through Shira. You go to Lake Shira, it's only evaporation and seepage. Too much. Maybe there are resorts around Lake Shira now, but I don't know. But it's not such a place you'd go for a holiday. Lake Malawi, on the other hand, has got results all over. It's fresh water. Because when it receives, it gives. Friends with benefits. John chapter 14 verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loved me, who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will come in and manifest myself to him. That is the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, that's anointing. But it's not to stop with you. It's to bless others. Hallelujah. So, verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Imbibe. You will drink it. You will make it a part of you. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. This is the secret when Pharaoh actually said, is there any other man in whom the spirit of God is found who can do this task? Except Joseph. Because when you read the story of Joseph, he, this was someone who was very God conscious. Very God conscious. And his actions would show. When he had that thing with Mrs. Potiphar, he, he, he told her, I cannot sin against God. For some, maybe even for me, in my youth days, I would have said, I'll be connected to someone more influential. No more prison. I'll be free. Not Joseph. He was so God conscious. He said, no, I can't do this thing against my God. People begin to see in you God. They begin to realize, even though you may not talk much about it, but they begin to realize this is truly an ambassador for Christ. This is, this is what Jesus looks like today. And they are talking about you. So, to conclude, for, those of, for us to have the manifest presence of God, 
through the Holy Spirit, also known as the anointing. Uh, number one, have Jesus in your life. Number two, acknowledge that we thirst for God. And this thirst does not mean you are sinning. There are times, you know, just life happens. You get so beat down, tramped on, things happen, they drain you. They drain your strength. Those times happen in life. And you feel like, God, I can't go on. It's a thirst. Amen? It's a thirst. There are times, you know, for the past two years, my family and I, the stuff that we have gone through. Lost my mom, lost my father-in-law. I have to remember to add in-law because he really became just father. (laughs) And you feel drained. You feel emotionally drained. You feel like, so how, how bad can it get now? Sometimes it's finances. Finances that, you know, sometimes a phone call rings, you see the idea and you go, hmm. In a meeting, I'll call you back. (laughs) But the truth is, you are done. Those are the times you need to go to God and say, God, I'm in your hands. Number three, you, you decide to come to him. You decide to come to him. Friend calls me and says, I've just discovered my wife has been cheating on me. I'm done. I'm shamed. The trouble is I can't give up on God. What do I do? And you can feel the anguish. My friend would have given up on Christ. And we've had to be talking and say, I'm praying for you. What has happened? I'm praying for you. Don't give up. Don't give up. God is faithful. Amen. And so on and so forth. Those are the times. And I'm sure you have your challenges. But number four, we come to him. Him, Jesus. You drink from him. Jesus, you drink from him. The source. If you're going to seek counsel, make sure Jesus is there. If you're going to seek prayer, make sure Jesus is there. If you're going to seek for strategy, make sure Jesus is there because he's the source. I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way that you should go. That's, that's the beauty of our God. That's the beauty of our God. Amen? That's the beauty of our God. I have no problems referring you to somebody who's not probably even within KICC, but as long as I know that Jesus is there, I will tell you, go get help there, which I may probably not be able to give. Go to where Jesus is. And be obedient. Learn. Listen. And then, whatever you are told there, decide to drink it, to swallow it, to absorb it, to consume it, Make the word God a part of you. 
make it sink. Even if you memorize one verse in that month, it is worth it. Because one day, it will bear fruit. Because I know that the Bible says that the word of God is like rain. When he sends it down, it should surely bear fruit. It's not in vain. Amen? Sometimes it doesn't even come like the word of God. Somebody sent something and they said, sometimes I love you sounds like, did you eat today? Did you do your exercises? You better go home and, go home and sleep. It doesn't sound like I love you, does it? It sounds intrusive even. But, but when you think clearly, you realize, uh, no, this is love. I have struggled with this one. When the doctor said you need to lose weight, and it's quite a lot of weight that I need to lose to, to look like a normal human being, I think. Um, one of the things that I've had to watch is what I eat and how much of it. So you are at table. Now here's the problem. My wife cooks good food. Okay? She really cooks good food. So the food is at table in large quantities. It tastes nice. And I'm only supposed to eat a portion. So I eat that little portion and I realize this food is good. I want some more. And then she gives me this look. She's got a look. You know that look? She's got that look and I'm thinking, why are you looking at me like that? She's like, you know. And she's looking at the food and looking at me, looking at... I know what she's saying. But you know, in me, there's just... (laughs) I need more of this food. So we struggled for the first few weeks. But then I decided to be obedient because this is for my own good. Sometimes the words you hear from Christ may not be the easiest for you to take. But take them. They are good for you. Amen? Take them. They are good for you. Met a man yesterday. We were talking about he's got issues with... And he started eating anyhow because his wife, when he was losing weight and his, his health was improving, his wife said, I don't like the way you look. You look thin. It's like he's simply kusamalani and so on and so forth. So she put him back on the previous diet and then now he's got all these health issues. I said, dude, you've got a decision to make. Either you look good for your wife and impress everybody who doesn't care anyway, or you die. You decide. I can't, I can't tell you that. You, you decide. These are tough decisions that we have to take from the word of the Lord. Sometimes the Lord will tell you stuff that is hard to do. Like go and apologize to your 11-year-old for the way you spoke to him. You were wrong. Hmm. And then you start pulling out all the stops. I am a pastor. I am his dad. I'm the husband of his mother. And Lord, you want me to go and apologize? He said, yes. So either you break that boy's spirit or you go and rebuild it. Choice is yours. The apostle Paul spoke of letting the anointing flow in a different term. He called it walking in the spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Literally, to walk in step with the Spirit of God. 
That means the spirit of God leads and we follow. I'll give you two examples and then we'll go into prayer. Example number one. My wife and I dance occasionally. Now when you're dancing, you're watching or you're doing the cha-cha-cha and so on, there, there are some things that happen. When you see people dancing, I don't know if you watch Come, Come, Drunk, Come Strictly Dancing and so on, you see all those moves that happen. There's, there's a secret. The secret is that it's the man who leads. I don't know if she's free. Can you, can you do a demonstration here or no? No. Okay. But when you're dancing, there are some things that you do and she knows, okay, we are going this way. I'll do something and she knows we're going this way. I'll do something and she knows we're going this way. I'll do something and she knows she needs to go that way. I need to come this way. And I'll do it. It's the man who leads. All that complicated moves that you see when couples dance, it's the man who leads. And that's what Paul is talking about. He's saying, you walk in step with the spirit. When the spirit says, turn left, you turn left. When he says stop you, stop. When he says pray, you pray. When he says speak to this one about that, you do it. Walking in the spirit. That's, that's what keeps the anointing going. The spirit tells you, go and talk to brother Merrick about XYZ. You start talking to him and by the end of it he goes, you know what? It's good you came. Because this is what I've been going through and you have just come with the word at the right Time. Have you had people say that something like that? Yeah. Let's just demystify anointing. It's not something boom out there. It's about keeping in, in step with the Spirit of God because you're connected to the source. You're taking in the Word. And hearing the Word of the voice of God becomes easier. Hallelujah. And that's what we want you to be able to do. To hear God for yourself. Amen? And we will not be jealous to hear that God spoke to you about X, Y, Z. Even if it had to do with this church. We'll say, hey, it becomes lighter, you know? Moses said the same thing. I wish everybody would prophesy. And God heard his prayer. And there were 70 others who would prophesy just like him. It becomes lighter. So you are anointed. You are chosen by God. To sing him praises. To bring healing with the ones that you work with. To bring words of hope to the ones that you do business with. Amen. Amen. God has blessed you there. He has anointed you. He has equipped you because he wants you to be his representation. You are his ambassador. So let the anointing flow. Acknowledge the hunger. Decide to go to him. Come to him. Decide to drink and drink and drink again and drink again. We saw in the book of Acts, I think it was in a message, another message I preached sometime to say, whatever happened to him, they would go to God in prayer 
they'll be encouraged by the Spirit of God. They'll be filled with the Spirit of God again, and they'll go out and preach some more. They'll get beaten. They go back and they say, God, you have heard their threats and all this, and then God would, would, would fill them with the Spirit again, and they would go back, and, and, and they, the Pharisees didn't know what to do with these people. Then they start persecuting them. Oh, God says, thank you very much. I need the word to go out of Judea anyway and Jerusalem. And it begins to spread. Because they were always full of God and God had people to use. And here we are today. I'm looking forward to the times when people say, is Brother Kondwani going to a member of your church? Yes. Ah, okay, that explains it. I'd like to hear those kind of testimonies. Because there are more of us operating under the anointing of the Spirit of God. It's ours. Amen? Where you sit in a meeting and the Spirit gives you an idea, you give that idea and they're thinking, but you don't even have a PhD. How did you come up with that one? Hey, I read somewhere, it says the word of God makes the simple wise. You understand the concept of letting the anointing flow. It's for us. Hallelujah. I want the worship team to come up front. And we are going to sing. And we are going to pray. Some of you may be maybe um, in a place where it feels thirsty. I want you to know Jesus is here. He wants to fill you. And he wants to empower you. He wants to fill you up. Amen. I want you to stand, if you can. Just stand. Wherever you are in your station in life, I want us to, just for the next few minutes, we're just going to pray. We're going to worship the Lord with this song. Hallelujah. Just begin to thank God and say, Lord, thank you because the anointing is for me. Thank you that you want me to walk in the anointing. Thank you, O God, because you have given me yourself. You want me to come to you. Whatever it is that the word has spoken to you today, I want you to speak that thing and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Speak to the Lord. You can turn to John chapter 7, verse 37. Look at that verse again and say, Lord, 